Society. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, pet lovers. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek, the show all about the latest tech for our furry family members. And today, we are truly going to talk about the latest and hopefully the greatest tech products for our pets that are out on the market. You see, last weekend in Las Vegas, a whole bunch of geeks and inventors and big, huge tech companies from around the globe gathered for the Consumer Electronics Show. CES is a huge show, has almost 200,000 attendees is 2.47 million net square feet. Yes, I said million net square feet of exhibitor space. Over 81 companies of the world are represented there. Thousands of new products and almost 8,000 members of the press go to this show. And speaking of press that kept an eye on the comings and goings at CES, we've brought back Amy Tokik from PetGuide.com to the show, and she is going to give us the scoop and be our eyes on the show floor of what were the hottest new gadgets in the pet space that debuted at the show. Amy, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so happy to be here. I am excited to have you here, and I'm sure you're tired after looking at all those crazy, fabulous new products, but we're going to dig on in. And you forwarded me a list of what you felt was really the whole theme of the show. It looks like the big deal was wearables, gizmos and gadgets for our pets to wear. So um, tell us a little bit about just your overall impression of the show and, and where pet tech was going. Sure. 2017 really marked um, a really big push in pet wearables and how important it is for the market for the next five years. Mm -hmm. Um, There is just more uh, displays, more products than ever before. Um, It just goes to show you that pet parents are really interested in keeping an eye on their pets no matter where they are. Um, Their health is is a key concern. And with that, there were so many, um, in the pet wearables, the pet, the smart collars are mm-hmm. a huge hit. Everybody seems to have a new one. There are really cool new features with them. And I really see it being um, a big part of the market going forward. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, you know, Fitbit came out a couple of years ago and there were a couple other ones uh, in the human space. And I think everybody I knew had a Fitbit. And now I've got the Bella Leaf. It's a new jewelry looking one type of thing, but right. it's been huge for several years now in the uh, human space and uh, whistle and a couple of other uh, fit bark and some other ones came out a couple of years ago for pets, but now it's like everybody's on board. So you're going to tell us about a couple of these guys, right? Right. And it's, it's interesting to note that a lot of these started on Kickstarter or Indiegogo before they actually um, came out to like a, um, 
a trade show. So mm-hmm. people like it, investors saw the importance of it before, and then now everybody's getting on board. So mm-hmm. I'd like to start with um, this one has been out before, but it's really it's it's the Kayam Het Tracker Collar, and it has it came out last year on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and it's it's really amazing because the collar itself has L, like an LED light up banner that yeah. lets you know exactly how your pet is feeling like if they're happy if they're sick if they're lost it's incredible yeah um, I, I like that I actually like the look of this I like that you can just glance at their collar and it shows you just just you know basic information but is there a way for you to get deeper into the ima- information yes it, so um most of these smart callers, they all of these smart callers actually come with an app for your smartphone and it alerts you every time that there's a problem or like even if the temperature goes up and down within the uh, the environment that your pet is in, like a room in the house, it'll mm-hmm. let you know. Um, it's just crazy. And then if, um, and then if your dog gets loose, um, it'll display the message along the band of the collar and it lets you know your dog's location through the, um, through the smartphone app. Which and is, really is it, cool. yeah. And is this one, uh, primarily Bluetooth driven or is it uh, true GPS or are you sure? Would you know? Yeah, it's, one it's a GPS tracker. Okay, great, great, cool. And there was another, um, there's several GPS trackers actually that you talked about, but there's another one that calls themselves a smart collar, the Jagger and Lewis smart dog collar. You say it's really smart. So tell us about why it's so smart. Um, it, this one, it, it tracks changes in behavior and activity, but it'll pick up on your dog's stress level and pain, mm-hmm. which is when that's the next step up. Um, um, in the next few years, all of the smart callers will be, will be picking up on this. So it's interesting to see the first generation of these callers actually doing it. Hmm. Um, it, it's nice. It looks, um, just by looking at it, it I think. It's not, it looks like it's for bigger dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so if you want, if you have a smaller dog, I think that uh, choice for you would be something like the Poof Tracker. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, it's a lightweight collar edition and it works as an activity tra- uh, tracker that monitors your cat or your dog. And yeah, it it's pretty, it's pretty small too. Yeah. So you just, you don't even have to get a new collar. You just, it's, it's like a little pendant that you um, that you hook on your existing pet collar, yeah. And um, you know, it's not it's not as sophisticated as um, the Jagger and Lewis one, but it does follow their it monitors their activity and it keeps track of their sleep and their calories burned and consumed. So that's really good if you want to, especially you know, with New Year's resolutions, um, you want to <laughs> dog or cat on track. Yeah, and, and, and let's be honest, uh, obesity in pets is just as much of a problem as it is with humans. And unlike humans who, you know, can stop and say, okay, I really don't need to have that ice cream again. If you put food down in front of those pets, they're going to eat it. Uh, <laughs> I want to bring up, though, so this is something I think is important for people to know. There's a huge range here in prices. I mean, you're talking about, so let's go back to that Kion. It's 250 bucks. It is. That's a, um, that one goes so in-depth. Like that comes with all of the bells and whistles. So if you are really into keeping track of your dog and you want to be, if you're one of those pet parents who needs to be on the the leading edge of pet tech, then you're mm-hmm. going to go with it with the Kion. Um, yeah. 
And a but lot of these guys that use that use the GPS, they have to then you know use um, the cellular stuff. That's also going to include a monthly fee. Uh, yes. Something like uh, the Poof won't because it looks like it's no. just uh, Bluetooth driven. Uh, that's right. But but it is really important. I think when people are looking at these things, that you're looking at okay, how much do I need, and then how much am I willing to pay, and right. you know thinking the best bet for your dollar because the Jagger and Lewis is kind of in the middle at that two hundred point price point. Yeah, and another option too um, is the Link AKC, mm-hmm. and that won the Best of Innovation Award. Oh, sorry, it was an honoree, right. um, and it's really nice. It's it's I love. I'm all about being uh, like I'm all about the style and the sleekness of yeah. just being simple. And this um, collar really captures that. Um, it's really it elegant has, looking. It really is because the it, the tracker fits in a little compartment within the in the collar and the collar itself is leather and it's just beautiful. Um, and, and, um, it fits all levels. It fits, sorry, it fits all sizes of dogs. Um, it's really adjustable and it comes with the activity tracker and the temperature alert and it comes with an adventure feature so you can create digital scrapbooks. Yeah, I thought that was really, uh, really cool. And and I also like the fact that you don't have to, I love the way it fits into the collar uh, yeah. and, and you, you don't have to actually physically take off the, the device and it doesn't look like it's difficult. I mean, obviously I haven't held it in my hand yet, but one of the problems that I've had with several of these um, attachable things that go onto collars is that to get it on, it can be, can yeah, it's like wrestling uh, an alligator with some of these guys <laughs> yeah. to get it on and off. And then, and then, so to, you have to recharge it, which, you know, from a perspective of safety, I'm always worried about things that have to be off of a pet uh, to recharge, how long it has to recharge. But then if it's difficult to get back on, I think that's going to cut down on the compliance. So that's one of the things I really like about this Link AKC is how um, streamlined and easy it looks like it is. Are you have any idea about if, because it looks easy to get on and off. So then my question is, is it going to perhaps be more likely to fall off no it's it fits in snugly like it's like pop in pop out i i you, you need thumbs to get that thing out okay um, so it's not gonna <laughs> fall out of your dog so just collar. those cats that are born with thumbs are the only ones yes. you need to so you gotta stay away from those cats but right. other than that and it falls within it's it's not a bad price point for uh 149 it's pretty good yeah um, I mean, it doesn't have that really cool LED monitor, but for the people who aren't flashy and don't want to advertise their pet's health, um, this is a really good option. Yeah, and, and that includes the cool collar, or is the collar a separate fee? No, it include, it's everything included. That's awesome. Well, there, and there was one more, um, it really was a show of uh, these trackers, wasn't it? There was one more tracker that you listed. Uh, what The uh, Austria-based Tractive, what makes that one... Um, this is this was an upgrade. They had one from before, but this was attractive too. And I'd never heard of this company before, um, so these were all pretty new products for me um, to know. And um, it has a temperature alarm, um, and it lets you know via mobile, of course, when your dog's environment is getting too hot, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Like, um, just say your air conditioning goes out or. Um, your your heater goes off, which is really important where I live. Um, it'll let you know. Yeah, and I also noticed that it has um, it has a vibration, so you know it's not like a shock collar, which I no. absolutely do not support. But right. it looks like there might be a training uh, aspect to it as well. Is that, is yeah, that right? Yeah, 
Yeah, some of these units that we were talking about, they do they do let you know if your dog is barking. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to curb that kind of behavior, um, the vibration lets them know that you're listening in. Um, and it, uh, like you said before, it's not a shock collar. It's a, it's a, it just vibrates. So it just lets them know that, hey, this isn't the kind of behavior you want them to be doing. Mm-hmm. And um, you can also get them to go into certain rooms or do certain activities um, when when the collar goes off. Right. And they have, uh, I think they have an entire product that's based on um, that type of vibration thing. Aside from just the attractive GPS collar, they have a thing called like remote or something, pet remote or something like that. Yeah. Um, that has been around for a while. Um, and so I want to talk with, and I just want to get your, I know I'm kind of throwing this out at you, but the, all of the things that monitor the environment's temperature, which I think, you know, we hear a lot, especially in the summertime, uh, about dogs in hot cars and things like that. But what's to keep it from, you know, saying, hey, it's too hot if, you know, I don't know, the dog, the dog or the cat, my cat would be one of these that lays in front of the fire all the time. Um, or she actually, my cat, if my cat was going to wear one of these, I tell you, I would get the, the temperature alert continually because she goes and lays right on the register where the air comes out. Right. Uh, you know, all so, I these, mean, you can, you can, um, you can activate and deactivate a lot of the features via your mobile phone. So if you know right. that your cat does this or your dog, you know, likes, or your cat loves to, to hang out on the heater, um, you can turn it off. That's um, good because I swear yeah. I, with Houdini, if I put one of these on Houdini, I would continually be getting alerts. That's <laughs> on her. fire. <laughs> well, yeah, because she's like just always, always, always uh, near where the warmest thing in the house is. So speaking of cats, um, I was really excited to see, because you have a bunch of collar-based things, but you did have one thing that's not about collars. Yes. Um, it is about cats, and I was really excited to see that. So tell me about that. Oh, this is the, it looks like it's from outer space. It is so cool. It is cool. (laughs) It's Okay, and this is a Kickstarter that's on right now, so you can be a part of this. Um, It's called the Cats Pad. And um, it's like your cat's personal assistant. Like, like you'll be out of a job because (laughs) this gadget is going to do everything. we all are? Are there cats' personal assistant? I mean, isn't that my job description as far as my cat is concerned? (laughs) Yeah, all this all this pod needs is hands, and then you're out of a job. Oh gosh, so it's it's like um, it's a it's a smart cat. It's a it's a bowl and water fountain that can be controlled and monitored from a smartphone app. So you can tell them apart if you've like multiple cats. Um, if your cat has a microchip already, it can tell them apart. That's how smart this feeder is. It is yeah. really cool. Um, and then it monitors your cat's health. It can schedule regular feeding times, control portion sizes, um, pump out fresh water and let you know and food and let you know about the food and water consumption of, in, of your, uh, of each individual cat. It's super cool. So that's, that is cool because we of course have two cats. And so if it, it, it is kind of tricky sometimes to know, okay, which cat just inhaled all of the food. Um, yeah. We have a, we have a suspicion based on size, but um, <laughs> you know, we're not exactly <laughs> sure. And so that would be really, really uh, neat to be able to see. And, and it's, it's, did you, you said it's off of the microchip, right? Um, yeah. So if your cat has a microchip already, you can work, um, you can, um, input the information in the microchip. 
That is really cool. I, 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 I actually, this of all the things that you sent me over really excited me the most. Now, yeah. it's not out yet, right? It's just no. still in Kickstarter. You can back it on. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you can back it on Kickstarter. Yeah. And it looks like based on the timeline they've got on their Kickstarter, they're not looking to deliver the first ones until May. So you can bet your bottom dollar. I'm going to be getting on that list and see if yep. we can get one over here to test. That's yes. exciting. How, just in general, I know, Amy, that you have... Um, you know, you've done a lot of uh, investing and a lot of checking out of these Indiegogo and Kickstarter things. And most of these things, as you mentioned, started there. So give yeah. a little bit of an idea to our listeners about the the cool part about investing in these guys and the challenges and dangers of investing in these guys. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, um, I invested in an Indiegogo and it's called the PetBot and it's one of those treat dispensers. Mm-hmm. And I must have ordered this a year and a half ago, and I still haven't gotten it. Um, but it, they say, I just got a message the other day that it's on its way. Um, right. And I'm so excited, Like, but I've, I've forgotten about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's good that they have such a, like the um, importance about the cat, the cat's pad is that they were actually, this has been developed already. And right. I think that's a key point because they've already got the prototype done. Um, they're at a show. They've got a huge amount of orders already. Like it's past its, um, its goal. So right. they're, they're in, they're in manufacturing it right now. So you will get this one by May. Um, but always expect for it to maybe run a little late. Mm-hmm. And you should always follow up with the company if it's not delivered as promised, like on time. Right. So keep on top of them. Um, yeah. And ask for updates. Yeah. Of, like it's manufactured out of country a lot of times. So, um, right. This one's from France. Cat's Pad, for example, is from France. Yes. But a lot of the, a lot of the components are manufactured in China, let's say. Um, and that's pretty common. Um, right. So they're on that schedule as well. So always follow up with them and keep in contact. Um, They're not out to take your money. Like they're not going to skip town with your money, Um, especially this cat's pad one. Like they were at the CES show and those booths are really expensive. Right. So this is a legitimate, this is a legitimate thing. And that is important to, when you're looking at some of these, first and foremost, I would just say, if it sounds too good to be true, like a microchip GPS. I know. uh, if it sounds too good to be true, do it your is. due diligence and investigate. Um, yes. And and the other thing that I would just like to say, as, as as an early adopter myself, as a person that's in the tech space, you're you're investing in something that is brand new. There are it's a it's a usually what you are going to be getting is not necessarily the beta unit, but you might be getting the beta unit, which means that you are the first testers. So there's right. going to be bugs. There's going to be things that are going to go wrong, and you need to know uh, eyes wide open and and be generous uh, with your feedback, but also. Um, kind with your feedback because these folks, like you said, they're not trying to steal your money. They're trying to make a product that will really make lives better. Right. And if you get back to them with your feedback, they will implement that feedback. Um, They want to know what you think. Like they, your input um, is important to their success. Yeah, so it's, that's such a great thing to say. I mean, that is exactly why they're doing something like Kickstarter. They're getting it in the hands of people because they want to know what can we do to make it better. And that is one of the cool things about being part of the early adopter of a new product is getting to, right. to have that direct contact with the company and give that feedback. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Amy, 
Thank you so much for filling us in. I know you and your team uh, did a lot of work at CES to get all these things together, and there was so much to dig through. So helping helping us get those top things to talk about, really appreciate that a lot. And, and we'll have you back soon, I am sure. Uh, thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to next year's show with even more stuff to talk about. Fantastic. All right, great. And and we are going to be right back, pet lovers. Uh, hang tight, because we're going to talk about one more product that was uh, debuted at CES. It's from a well-known company called Whistle, and they debuted the Whistle 3. Super duper exciting. Don't go anywhere. Sit, stay, and we'll treat you when we get back with Pet Lover Geek on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, pet lovers. Today we are talking about 2017 trends in technology, and we just got such a lot of great stuff from Amy Tokik from Pet Guide about those new gadgets that were debuted this month at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And one of those products, as you remember, was the Whistle 3. It's a new device from the Whistle Group that just debuted at CES, and I've invited a member of that team to come onto the show, chat with us about the new Whistle 3, and also chat with us a bit about the space that they are in, the space of pet wearables and lost pet recovery. So with us today is Julia Wanaka. She is the Communications Director at Whistle, and Julia, I know it has been been a crazy few weeks for you with CES and your launch. So thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us. Thank you. I'm excited to talk with you about dogs today. I know. Fantastic. Like, like ask somebody asking you to go, hey, well, you might come talk about dogs. <laughs> I mean, it's like the easiest thing ever, right? It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> so let's jump just right in. Tell us about this new device that you guys just deb- debuted at CES, the Whistle 3. Yeah, Whistle 3 is our third generation product. So just like our previous products is really dedicated and you have a better eye on your your pet when you have to be apart Um, and also give you a little bit of insight. So it tracks their activity um, and rest day over day and then also 
keeps tabs on their location. So if they ever leave their Whistle home safe zone, um, you can know immediately. And, and what's new with Whistle 3 is that we've added in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So we've ar- we already have the cellular component and the GPS component so you can watch your pet anywhere you got cell coverage. We added Wi-Fi and Bluetooth just to make things a little bit faster and a little bit more simple um, from our users that they wanted they wanted those two things. And this is also smaller, so it'll fit on more pets. So we can actually say cats that wear collars and, and maybe have Houdini instincts. They could also probably sport Whistle 3 pretty comfortably. So it's a pretty exciting product. Awesome. You know, we actually have a cat named Houdini. <laughs> so, oh, really? <laughs> we do. We do. That's She's actually really staring like at me right now. Um, you Sorry. know, and I, I, I want to tell you a little bit, full disclosure, um, I've actually used the previous Whistle, the original Whistle, and I also used Tag, the Tag device. And I know that the two, uh, Tag and Whistle recently married a couple of years ago right right yeah yeah so you brought together that gps and that activity tracking exactly with whistle acquired tag in early 2015 because they really had the best hardware the most reliable um guts to to the components of what you need for a gps tracker to Mm -hmm. go on a pet but what we what we thought we really added was a real keen understanding of what pet owners wanted we were technologists that were pet owners and so we brought our software smarts and on our our teams came together well and um, from that, we, we were able to kind of leapfrog into the future a little bit, take what we learned from, from the base of TAG and, and create, you know, what we have now, which is Whistle 3. Right. And I do have to say, I, I really greatly preferred the Whistle um you know, UI experience to what we had with TAG. And, and, and both my husband and I were both like, oh, yeah, this is much better, much more simple. Uh-huh. And we tried both devices uh, quite extensively. And, and in full disclosure, um, the uh, whistle actually fell off of uh, our bigger dog a while ago. And we haven't oh. replaced it, so uh, my bad. But um, <laughs> I, Well, now there's a new one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and we really liked him in theory. I certainly love um, the fun aspect of the activity tracking was a, was a new thing added on to what we'd had previously previously with tag but i want to i want to kind of dig into something that you know it's kind of bothers me a little bit um we're not inclined to totally rely on a gps device at, to be the end-all be-all of one of our pets goes missing because full disclosure if uh, none of our pets have actually gone missing using the device so i can't say that we've truly had a chance to test that firsthand but the fact that the battery eventually does run out and that you have to recharge it, and we actually had a situation on a road trip with one of the dogs that their ba- his battery ran out before the other ones did. We weren't really paying as much attention as we probably should have. We had to wait uh, to plug it in, so it was completely dead by the time we got Ooh. there, which is another thing entirely because we kept thinking, gosh, what if he had gotten lost at a rest stop or something and the battery was almost dead? That device would have been useless. So because of yeah. that battery issue i guess my biggest fear is if the dog runs off and the battery was close to being out and obviously that's a compliance issue but it's a real concern and they don't have another means of identification that's a huge issue because uh we hear all the time from people you know oh my dog has a microchip so i don't need a collar and id they get that same (laughs) sense of false security with the gps collar of oh he has a gps collar he's never going to get lost i don't need to worry about an id so but i know uh, as a pet safety advocate, that's a really scary false sense of security. So there's a th- failure device due to any number of circumstances is a risk. So how do you mitigate that as a company? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, um, I, we, we here say that there's like a, th- a rule of three. We've, we've kind of leaned into this three this year, I guess, whistle three and a rule of three. But we really are big believers in just making sure your pet is microchipped, first and foremost. That permanent, that permanent ID or any form of permanent ID that you can have on your pet at all times is critical. Um, also making sure that they have a tag on their collar. So just letting people know is a pet that's missing that's owned in love because I think people's best instincts can overcome them and they're like oh he needs a home or they can assume it's a stray let this person know that actually this is a loved pet that has a home and make it easy for them to find you because those those things do need to be on your pet's collar and, and on their person at all times um with GPS, what we're really with whistle GPS sorry we're really trying to give you a proactive way to eliminate the wait time so there are there are you know edge cases where you might be traveling or or maybe your battery isn't performing at at peak and and there's something going on with on the product side you know it's not always a user error there's there's definitely a relationship there um we want to make sure that you have a proactive option and so with the the best tech that's available and the safest way we can set that up on a pet you are able to know proactively as soon as they're out of the home range or as soon as as you can get to them you have a way to call them up and look for them um but by no means would we ever recommend whistle alone i mean my my pet is microchipped he um has a tag and he also has his rabies vaccination tags and and you know i also have photos of him ready because he he's a golden retriever and he's not likely to leave my side but pets will do pet things and whistle really is just a first step really on that path to making it smarter and more intuitive for caring for our pets so I think that you know your your story gives me pause because like yes absolutely we want to make sure our our device is is solving a gamut of issues but really our, our goal right now is to shorten that search time you know, where you're waiting a day or two days between knowing that your pet is missing and being able to find them, making that to 30 minutes, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, a very valuable thing to remind pet parents that you should always take three steps at least to to protect your pet. I love, I love hearing you say that. And there was also something, you know, when I was reading about Whistle 3, which I haven't got, to, you know, obviously it's not out yet. It's just being launched. I haven't got a chance to try it yet, and I hope to try it soon, uh, is that, uh, the one thing that we also had an issue with was having to carry the home base with us. Um, so mm-hmm. isn't, doesn't the three allow you to do multiple safe spots or multiple bases? Yeah. The base station uh, served a great purpose, and, and for all of our users that still use it, like it, and it's working well for them, um, it will continue to work. However, that was where we got a lot of feedback. And so we moved our base station uh concept into wi-fi so now you can set it up in the app when you're i, I set it up with my pet when i was testing a, a beta product um over the holidays we, we went to lake tahoe and i set it up at our hotel um and it's just really simple it, it also allows you to you know solve for that battery issue as well so you can set up multiple bases so that the device isn't always communicating on cellular um so that is one of the the key benefits of this new product that's really exciting. That is cool. And, and just to note, so folks that are listening, you mentioned the cellular. It's not something that you buy and then you're done. It is something that requires a subscription, right? Right, it does. It's, um, you know, the, the service fee starts at $6 a month and it ranges up to nine ninety five a month. You can kind of pick and choose what fits your, your needs best. It's basically whatever plan and how you want to be billed with Whistle. Um, and we, we do have the cellular service coverage. That way, if you're, you know, like I said, I went to Tahoe, anywhere we go that is maybe not going to have great Wi-Fi coverage or Bluetooth coverage, if it has cell coverage, I can find my pet. If I'm, a, I'm, I'm 
states away, I can help find my pet. So that's why we have that service. Awesome. Well, you know, and I, I'm liking that you're mentioning the Bluetooth thing because that is one of the, the a lot of the new devices that are out there are Bluetooth only. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've experimented with those as well. What, are, what Before I blow my wand and tell you what I think, <laughs> what do you guys at Whistle, what's your thoughts on the Bluetooth stuff? Bluetooth is cool. I think, you know, what we can do with Bluetooth, for example, Whistle, we make uh, setup really simple. We can find your device and connect it to the app really instantly. It's, it's really great. Um, and there's some cool things that we can experiment with now that we have Bluetooth in the product in the future. Like, you know, maybe say who takes the dog for the most walks or, or whatever kind of identifiers we'd like to do. I think that the risk with Bluetooth for pet trackers is the way that it works is really once your pet is out of line of sight, that's very unlikely that they are going to be within your Bluetooth. And so it really doesn't solve the problem for you because if you see them, you don't really need to track them with technology. Um, I think the other piece of the puzzle for me is while I, while I really trust, you know, looking for my keys or my wallet or, or various other things that are important to me, but I don't necessarily love I don't want to gamble with whether or not there's enough of a bluetooth network to help me find my pet or if I'm in a you know a urban setting where there's a lot of interference or in a in a rural setting where we're hiking and there's really no one else around likely who has you know right. compatible so tracking for my pet there's just too much variability and too much risk for me to trust that with my own pet and so we really implore like cellular coverage is is very important still yeah um and and for these reasons because pets run fast often if they take off it's an instinctual thing there's not a lot of rhyme or reason being able to have a wide radius and quickly reach them is is the most important thing it really is key and i'm glad you said all that because that that's kind of my same thing with the bluetooth i thought it was really cool certainly has a lot of applications that are awesome but i think if you rely on it wholly to track your pet you're you're gonna you're gonna be disappointed uh and with all that said you know, Bluetooth is out there, uh, NFC stuff is out there, the GPS obviously is out there. What else is out there in, in pet wearables and what's next on the horizon for a company like Whistle? Well, I think with Whistle, we're always looking at ways that we can help you better understand your unique needs for your pet. So we're trying to understand ways that we can partner with vets and understand uh, different clinical research opportunities and, and basically uncover a little bit more. My personal favorite, you know, my opinion and favorite thing is when there's new research on about you know, we've, we've done MRIs on golden retrievers and they actually understand thousands more words than we thought, or they have way more feelings and they're far more robust creatures. Those things really are exciting and interesting. Um, and I think with Whistle, we have this amazing database. We have the largest database of pet owner information on um, activity and location where we can break things down by breed, age, location, weight, and help people understand more about animals. And so we're really digging in there over this next year, just how can we take this great baseline of users like yourself that have, have shared some some great um, experiences and, and be smarter and help us just create a smarter situation and, and place for our pets. So I think um, you're going to see a lot of exciting and, you know, what I would call blinking light tech that is fun. Um, I think Whistle's going to keep kind of digging in on how we can help make your pet care experience and your relationship with your pet just a little bit more intuitive and a little bit less worrisome. Awesome. And what, you know, I love hearing that you guys are forward thinking. You're not just building it and then you know, selling what you've got and not worrying about the future. So when you're looking forward at the future, what are those challenges that you see being in the tech space and dealing with pet parents who, you know, yeah. as we know, <laughs> we can all get a little nutty. Yeah. So what's the, what are the biggest challenges about being in that space and looking to the future and creating that future technology? Yeah, well, you know, we're, most of us here are pet parents or de facto kind of like 
uh, you know, adoptive parents of the pets that are in the office. We have so many here. And so we often don't want to put anything on our dogs that we don't trust. And so I think that is our first litmus barrier. You know, we want to make sure that this is good enough for our pets. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, I think that really personal aspect is, is driving a driving force for us. Um, I think one of the other things like a challenge in tech in general is the appetite for technology and actually what exists to solve for it. And so with the idea of Bluetooth, for example, you know, you have this low powered wireless solution that would be so wonderful if it could work. It would not, you would not have to use your battery very often. You could have, you know, lower cost service plans, et cetera. And I think, you know, just chasing that, that beast of technology where we know what's possible and we know like, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if Whistle could do X? We want to get there and it's just a matter of finding the best way to do that. Always making sure that we're providing features that actually play out safely for our pet. And an example that I can think of is we wanted to be able to measure ambient temperature. Um, and I believe even Tag had, had shared that they had plans to do that. Um, and we, we built it into the hardware. We were really excited to, to release it. And as we tested it, it wasn't safe. Um, we couldn't rely on it in a way that, you know, we couldn't tell the difference between a, a golden retriever laying in front of a fireplace on top of their collar, getting a really high temperature read, or, you know, maybe it's sitting in the sun and it's and giving you false alerts. And we couldn't measure that in a way that would still protect a pet that would maybe be in a lower temperature situation that actually would be unsafe for them. You know, it right. can become really unsafe based on humidity or airflow. And so we ended up not putting that out there, even though we thought it would be really cool and yeah. really interesting. Safe. And so I think that is one of the challenges of pet. And I think as a pet consumer, you should always keep in mind you know, if it sounds too good to be true, you should give it a very close look because this is your pet and they can't advocate for themselves. And so I love that. Thank you. Yeah, that is yeah. that right there is. And though we may want something to exist, it doesn't mean it, it can exist or that it can exist safely. So thanks mm-hmm. so much for that. That's great. You know, yeah. Julia, I got to thank you so much for taking that time this week. I know it's been a busy and fantastic week for you. Uh, so thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much me on. Hang tight, pet lovers. In our last segment, we're going to dig even deeper into some of the exciting new technology that's on the horizon for 2017, and we're going to preview what we're going to look at at the North American Veterinary Conference later in February. Hang tight. We'll be right back on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this fine, brisk winter morning. I hope you and your fur kids are all snuggled up. Uh, I know that we're actually beneath a lot of snow here, and it's about six degrees. So uh, I hope everybody is warm and toasty. Uh, For our last segment, I want to give you a preview of some of the exciting things that we're going to be investigating in the new year, particularly in the veterinary space, looking at our pet's health. I mean, let's face it. Keeping our pets healthy is simply the most important thing that we worry about. I know for me, we've got four pets, two dogs, two cats. Uh, both of our cats are in uh, the, their 11th year. Our dog, Penny, she is almost 13 years old. And then we do have a young pup at age five who keeps everybody on their toes. But we're constantly you know, probing them for bumps and things like that. And, and our focus is very much on keeping them healthy. So, uh, you know, thanks to the incredible scientists and veterinarians that are out there that are continually studying and pushing animal care forward into the future, our dogs, cats, and other companion animals are living longer and healthier lives than ever before. Uh, And I know that there are times that, uh, you know, people kind of, you know, bang on big pharma and big food and big veterinary now, uh, you know, just recently in the news this past week, uh, VCA was purchased by Mars Pet Care, which a lot of people are a little bit worried about. I look at it a little bit differently. Though I do understand that, you know, these bigger companies, uh, oftentimes they, the corporations, they seem like they don't care. But I've met a lot of the people at all these corporations, and they're all pet owners. And though, yes, they want to make money, at the end of the day, the money that they are able to make means that they can put a ton more into advancements. And I think that that's really exciting. Uh, It allows companies like VCA, who uh, are dedicated veterinarians to helping our pets get healthier, it allows to give them a lot more money to do some more exciting things, give them more of the advanced tools in their clinics to help care for our pets. So I think in the long run, it it really should be a good thing. Um, And also, there is a ton of money out there in the pet space, in the veterinary space, in the veterinary drug space. And a lot of it is being spent on really important research that's being done. So uh, I'm getting ready to go in a couple of weeks to the North American Veterinary Conference. I'm really excited about it. I'm going to be doing some interviews on air, uh, on the floor there that I'll be sharing in the following week. Uh, we're talking to some of these scientists and these veterinarians and these great companies that are doing things to really advance forward our pet's health. I'll also be looking at a lot of gadgets that are out there that are meant specifically to help help our pets' health. So like in our first segment, 
Amy mentioned the Cats Pad product coming out of France. I, I'd heard about it before uh, and on Kickstarter, and I was really excited to hear what Amy thought about it when she saw it at CES. And so I'm really, really thrilled that tools like that are coming out. That specifically is to help monitor your cat's food and water intake. And, uh, you know, automatic feeders, they've been out for a while, um, several years, in fact. I've even had one myself, but they've mostly been mechanical in nature. They simply, you, if at best, you can set up a timer to dole out food. A lot of them just simply dole out food as it gets empty. But these new tools, like the Cats Pad, they just take it so much farther. It's an integrated approach. It's using Bluetooth and wireless technology. Uh, it you know syncs together with our smartphones, which is really exciting because we can even be away from home and see the activity that's going on with our pets, with our cats' uh, food and water intake. And you know. I think it's really important. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, obesity is a really big problem with our pets. Um, our pets in particular, we've stopped free feeding um, because it led to Penny, the Boston Terrier, becoming a little pudge. So <laughs> how we feed our pets is, is really important. And these new feeders, they're going to help tremendously. And, and some of it, frankly, has to do with what we are feeding them. There's as much junk food out there for our pets as there is for us. And uh, we're going to do several shows in this next year talking about the latest discoveries and advances in um, animal diet and the foods that's being developed for our fur kids, talking about different methods that are out there. Uh, we've talked a little bit about raw on the show. We're going to continue to talk a little bit about that and about some of the other uh, things that are coming out there because the same as with humans, uh, diet is a big deal. But how we feed them, not just what we feed them, is also going to change a lot moving forward. Things like that cat's pad. You're going to see more and more bowls that can actually detect when your pet is eating. They'll, they'll be able to tell you how long it takes your pets to eat, how much they're eating, what they're drinking, different behaviors that are really important for you to be able to take back to your veterinarian if there is a concern. And this is going to be particularly important for people that free feed. Uh, and I did mention before, you know, free feeding can can um, tr be a big. Uh thing that contributes to obesity. So if you're doing that, um, you, you might want to consider using other methods, particularly if your pets are overweight. But that's another uh, thing entirely, and we'll do an entire other episode on that. But these new tools are really exciting. Some of them, they work with their microchip. Some of them have collars that come along with them so that they can uh, detect which animal is eating. And then they send messages back to your smartphone. So we're going to be looking at a lot of those tools coming forward in the new year. Another tool that we're going to be looking at that's really exciting um, are boxes uh, for your cat's litter that monitor the health. So we've talked about a couple of them. There's one that we haven't talked about before that I think is really neat. It's a very simple thing that works with uh, a standard uh, litter box called the Talio. And it is it looks like just a scale that you'd put in your bathroom, but it's really actually pretty cool. It monitors how many times your cats use the box, their weight, the behavior, the potty patterns, uh, which are all critical things. It's able to tell which cat is doing what. Again, these are things that you can take back to your veterinarian when concerns arise. And if you couple it with something like um, one of the kitty litters that we've talked about in the past that do the simple chemistry test, things like a pretty litter. You have so much information that you can take back to your veterinarian to help you uh, figure out what's going on and make sure that your pets are getting the care they need. You might mention, uh, you might notice that there's a theme here, taking things back to your veterinarian. 
All these tools are great. They give us tons of information. But at the end of the day, much like your own personal doctor, your veterinarian should be your main source um, to go to when your pet you have a concern of health for your pet. So uh, the, and speaking of all of that, like those wearables that Amy was talking about, there are a slew of them that are coming out. Uh, now. And a lot of them are helping you monitor things like activities like a Fitbit for pets. Uh, And they're a lot of fun. You get to see when your pet sleeps, when your pet's active, how active they are, how long they're active, especially if you're not home, you know, are they a couch potato all day long? Or are there periods where, uh, you know, they're doing things like we, we joked that we knew exactly when the toilet paper roll got destroyed because we could see it on Uller's whistle report. (laughs) Um, But uh, those are really fun and uh, they give you do give you a lot of information, and more and more of those wearables uh, are much more about monitoring health. And I think it's really cool that uh, those things are coming out there because the more information you can have when you need to go to your veterinarian, the better. But a little bit of a cautionary tale. So, in terms of my own habits as a human being. I have for several years now been wearing different wearables. There's a lot of them that are out there. I use them for tracking my keys. I use them for finding my purse, uh, those type of things. I have uh, said several Fitbits. I frankly lose a lot of them. Um, And uh, I have to tell you that, that that right there gives me the pause because I've had two Fitbits. I've lost them both. I recently purchased a Bella Leaf, which is a really pretty thing that basically is a Fitbit, but it looks like jewelry. Um, and I got that actually through a Kickstarter. And I love it. I love how knowing how many steps I've gone. I love knowing my sleep patterns. I love being able to have that stress monitoring. It's really cool. And I get into it for a while. And for a couple of weeks, sometimes even months, I'm really dedicated to it. I pay a lot of attention to it. I set myself goals. I follow those goals. But here's the thing. When I lost my first pit pit, I was like, oh, that's a bummer. But I lost it because I hadn't worn it for a while. And then I went to look for it and I found the charger and the holder, but I couldn't find the actual Fitbit. I wasn't devastated. I didn't go out and buy a new one. Then a little bit, a couple months later, maybe even a year later, I thought, you know, I really want to start monitoring my health a little bit better. I got another one and then left it somewhere on vacation, didn't find it. Again, it went for months and I was like, oh, okay. And when I buy them, it's almost more of a novelty. It's a like, yeah, this is a cool thing. It's a, I, something I use my disposable income for. And I'm in a position where I can do that. A lot of people aren't. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there, perhaps even you listening right now, you can't afford these things. And if you lost one, well, that would be it. It would be a one and done. So I start to wonder with pets, if this isn't also going to be an issue. Uh, there are a ton of new great Uh, wearables out there that are monitoring your health and monitoring your activities. But it's that novelty thing that I know for myself that I think that it might be an issue for pets as well. I think also only a few segments of pets or pet parents are actually going to buy this for their pets. And a lot of them, uh, like the whistle, like a lot of the ones that Amy brought up, they use uh, cellular Uh, network, which means that they're going to have a monthly fee. And the monthly fees are, while they're not exorbitant, they're usually between six and maybe $12. I think uh, the average is about $10 a month. That's still about 120 bucks a month that's coming out of your pocket. And I just wonder 
and the scope of things, how many pet parents are going to be able to afford that and put in that type of investment. I know a lot will uh, because of how um, dedicated they are to their pet's health. But something that recently happened just in the last few weeks is what made me start thinking about all this. There was a company out there called Voice. It was doing really incredible things with monitoring pets' health and working with veterinarians to monitor pets' health. And the Voice caller, Voice was spelled V-O-Y-C-E, was really cutting edge. They were one of the first ones out there. There were a couple others that were primarily health monitors, Hayrex being another one that I can think of. But Voice just announced that they're going out of business. They weren't getting enough traction. They weren't getting enough buy-in. And I've actually talked to a couple of different veterinarians when I was trying to test my voice about wanting to, you know, be a partner with me on testing these things. And the feedback they gave me was they didn't have time. That it wasn't a tool that they already knew. It wasn't something that was already, uh, you know, part of their their practice and they didn't have time. They thought it was cool, but they didn't have time right now. They'd look at it later and then it languished. And then look at this. You got something like voice that goes out of business. So even though it shocked me when I first saw it, I thought, hmm, that might actually be part of what we see. It'll be interesting to see which of these wearables actually have staying power, actually are something that people want to buy continue to invest in and and keep with their pets. I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, feel free to drop me a note or, or comment on it on our Facebook page. Another uh, thing with the whole wearables thing that I just want to kind of riff on a little bit is there's a false sense of security. And I mentioned this when I was talking to Julia from Whistle. I want to put out there to everybody that's listening that And and no, too, I am a geek. I am a full-fledged geek. I look for the latest, greatest technology to help my pets. I think that these GPS collars are truly, truly exciting. I even think that the new Bluetooth collars that work with your Wi-Fi, they have a lot of great potential. But please, do not get a false sense of security by thinking that, hey, I'm going to put this on my pet and I'm never going to lose them again. Because you know what? Stuff happens. Please make sure that you have an ID tag on your pets at all times. Don't ever let your pets go naked. Um, if, if you, even if you have to give them a bath or whatever, have that collar right next to you and put it on right after that bath is over because you never know what's going to happen. A natural disaster, an emergency, somebody knocking the door, the dog running out. It happens all the time. And I've seen it time and time again uh, with the company that I work with a lot, the company that sponsors this show, Pet Hub, where the pet will get out and it was a moment that they nobody expected And having that ID tag always on your pet is key. Also, having a microchip with your pet is hugely important. It is the ultimate safety net. Make sure it's up to date. Make sure that you have all that information handy so that you can update it if you need to after your pet's gone missing as well microchip and external ID. Make sure that it's on your pet no matter what kind of fancy uh, GPS Bluetooth device you have on you. Uh, 
uh, on your pet. Make sure you always have those things. Okay. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling in the next year, and I am so excited. I'm going to be going to NAVC in February. That's the North American Veterinary Conference. I'm going to be doing some great stuff there. One of the things I'm going to be investigating while I'm there are a lot of advances in medications and vaccinations, great drug combinations that are out there to further advance keeping our pets healthier and longer, especially when it comes to diseases like diabetes and cancer. Really excited about that. And then at the beginning of March, I'm going to be on the floor at Global Pet Expo, which is a huge event that happens in Orlando. Super duper excited to be going there. I'll be doing um, interviews on the floor there and bringing back some of the latest and greatest things there. Next week, I am really super excited. We are going to be talking about traveling with your pets and all of the really great products that are out there traveling with your pets, great apps that are out there to help you either monitor pets when you're away or when you're with your pets, uh, taking better care of them when everybody is on the road, including your fur kids. Super excited about that. And then moving forward at the end of the month, this is National Train Your Dog Month. So at the end of the month, we're going to wrap up uh, the month with a great show on the latest, greatest tech tools for training your dog and keeping that behavior in check uh, so that they can be great uh, social creatures when they are out and about with everybody. Thank you so much again for spending this fine time with us. Thank you so much to Amy Tokik for coming on and for Julia uh, from Whistle coming on and telling us all about these really exciting new things that we have for our pets. Love hearing about the newest, greatest things in pet tech. And we'll talk more about that next week when you join us on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lori and Clemens, for another edition next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend. <laughs>